And let's go right to the phone lines and welcome a very special guest, friends of us, the show, a fountain of information when it comes to college football and the SEC, Mr. Cole Kublik. Cole, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. All right. It, it, hey, spring football's here, and it uh, seems like it gets here earlier and earlier. It, and I'm not going to ask you this too open-ended, but, you know, we, we know when you look at the SEC, we know sort of who the haves and maybe some of the have-nots have been the last few years. A few coaching changes in the league, most notably Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. We know what LSU did. We know what LSU lost, which was a ton, coaching-wise and personnel-wise. Who's the team outside Bama and Georgia? Scratch those two teams off the list that you think Cole maybe has the best chance to make a move this year. I think it's Florida. I think when you when you look at the way that Dan Mullen has progressed in his first two years and the fact that they have experience back at quarterback, it, it's not just Kyle Trask. Uh, you got Emory Jones where you can have a bit of a changeup or – if you were to lose Kyle Trask, you got a guy that's got game experience that can come in and play. He obviously adds a different dimension. The majority of that offensive line is back. They didn't play great football last year. They're going to have to take a step. John Hevesy, their offensive line coach, does a good job. You anticipate that's going to happen. They have a complete mismatch at tight end in Kyle Pitts uh, that, that I think guys are going to have issues with for the entire season. And even though they lost some skill, they got a really good group of receivers coming back. I think they're solid at the running back position. And, yeah, it's going to be tough to replace a few guys they have on defense, but I think Muhammad Diabate is going to be a guy that has a breakout year for the Florida Gators. I think they still have enough up front on that defensive line that they're going to be able to be problematic. I think with that coaching staff being together as long as it has, everybody now being on the same page, the same type of players, the same mindset, I think Florida's got a chance. Um, If I were to go somewhere else outside of Florida, I'd probably go to College Station. Number one, I'd look at the schedule. I think Texas A&M has an – a really good chance to be 10-0 when they face Alabama. Complete opposite schedule of what they had a season ago. Much more manageable. Kellen Mond has a chance to progress. Good group of receivers back. Majority of that O-line's back. They started a true freshman right guard, a true freshman tight end, a true freshman tailback. Those guys have experience now. They're probably the best group of tight ends in college football, to be honest with you. With Cup, Weidermeyer, and Beal, uh, they're going to be able to do some different things with that group, uh, formulate some mismatches. And, obviously, we know Jimbo can coach. I'm not as confident with them on the defensive side of the football, but I think the schedule, experience at quarterback, and some of the youth that got experience last year, uh, I think A&M could be a scary team as well. Cole, it's Austin. Let's switch gears to here in Knoxville. Um, anybody that follows you on Twitter knows that there are a couple of you, there's a lot of linemen you like, but there's a couple that you have an affinity for, and that being Trey Smith and Cade Mays. And if Cade can win an appeal, all of a sudden those two are on the same offensive line. If if Tennessee can can win and Cade can win the appeal for him to be immediately eligible, where do you put Tennessee's offensive line amongst the uh, amongst the the lines in the SEC? They're still probably not going to be above Alabama, but I'm I'm not real confident that I would definitely put any other group in the league above them right now. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean Georgia lost a lot. Um, you know, they lose Isaiah Wilson, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that some people have been talking about going to the bottom of the first round. You lose Andrew Thomas, who might be a top five, top ten pick in this year's draft. You mentioned Cade Mays gone. Uh, you know, Ben Cleveland had some great issues, didn't play in the bowl game. He should be back, but we didn't see him in their bowl. So, you know, they get their center back, and, and Tamari Saylor, a guy that played a lot of football for him, but it's, just, it's not going to be the same, especially without Sam Pittman there. 
Uh, Coach Luke will do a good job, but I, I just I don't go into this season with as much confidence as I did with that group a year ago. Uh, you know, Auburn's got to revamp everybody. LSU's got to revamp a bunch. Losing Cushenberry and Davies Lewis is going to be huge for them. That's going to be tough to overcome. So I, I, I think it may be Tennessee second. Now, I think Florida, because of the experience that those guys got last year, would have a chance to end up as the second-best group. Um, and Georgia still has a chance because of the talent that's there. But Tennessee would be in the discussion as being offensive line number two heading into this football season in the SEC. With where the program was just a few years ago in the trenches, both offensive line and defensive line, and, and you know, for Jeremy Pruitt to kind of flip the the line of scrimmage like he has in just a couple of years, how has he done it? And then, two, just talk about what Will Friend brings as an offensive line coach and then what you know about Jimmy Brumbaugh on the defensive line up front. I know way too much about Jimmy Brumbaugh because we face each other in practice every day and had multiple fights in practice uh, during our career. Who, who won? Who stuff. won most of them, Cole? Uh, nobody wins offense and defensive linemen fights because they both. Everybody just gasses out and has to stop. I mean, everybody just runs out of breath and gets too tired to even continue. So there usually are no winners and losers when it comes to offense and defensive linemen fighting in practice. But you know, Jimmy. Jimmy is a great guy. Jimmy is somebody that the players are going to love. Um, relates well to all of his players, and he learned from the best. Yeah, I, I put Pete Jenkins up against any defensive line coach in the history of college football. And Jimmy Brumbaugh is a Pete Jenkins guy. He coaches the same way. He focuses on technique and fundamentals the same way. And that's going to give him a big advantage. I think there, there are a few guys coming back off injury that could help that group. Uh, you know, Obviously, Tracy Rocker did a good job and somebody that recruited very well. But uh, I don't think Tennessee misses, misses much of a beat by getting Jimmy in there. And Will does a really good job with the O-line. I think he brings the attitude, the demeanor that you want. And you saw that last year. To have to, to have to go with two true freshmen at both your tackles for the majority of the season and still be able to be as successful with the, as they were most of the year, and that, that, that shows you right there that he understands how to get guys on the field and how to get guys ready. If you're an offensive lineman and you're not claiming victory, that tells me you probably didn't win many, many of those fights. <laughs> I'm just being real with you and telling you nobody oh, yeah. ever wins them because oh, yeah, okay. you can't breathe when they finish. So. <laughs> Listen, I had an offensive line coach that made, that made us fight each other. The offensive line men made us fight one another in practice. And I'm not going to tell you that I won any of those. So I will tell you that I attempted to punch my opponent between the legs and eye gouge him because I didn't want to run anymore. But, you know, those things happen. Can, can ESPN and the SEC Network get you and Tom Hart to fight each other? I think that would be kind of entertaining. There would be a winner in that one, and it would not last long. I would not, I would not gas out in that time. So I would have plenty of win to be able to take Tom Hart to. I'll make sure we get that info to Tom as soon as the show's over, Cole. What? Uh, you know, I'll see him here in about ten minutes. We're heading uh, over to do our XFL game. That, that's Today right. Hey, let me let me ask you this: Where were you with this Tennessee football team last year after those first two ugly home losses? And granted, the Georgia State loss was ugly, but BYU was not a terrible football team. But still, the way Tennessee loses that game, giving up the you know the deep pass, and they're sitting at zero and two, and and it's looking pretty bleak where, where were you with this team did you think they still had a shot to recover you know as you looked at that team and looked at what was out there for them the rest of the season i definitely wasn't in the fire jeremy pruitt camp and i was actually surprised at how many people were uh if you really dove into what was happening the majority of what you saw was correctable i mean it was missed assignments it was defensive linemen and linebackers that were running twists and blitzes and running into each other um, you know, it was guys just not having the awareness of where they needed to be on the field. Th- those things are correct. Um, and then I think after that Florida game, when he had that team meeting and allowed a couple of guys to leave the team that were probably headaches, 
Uh, that that solved a lot of those problems. So I, 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 I knew they had a good enough staff to be able to turn things around. And a couple of things were going to have to happen. They were going to have to stay healthy. And, you know, they, they ended up finding a way. And just, but those coaches are too good. That group of coaches is too good. And there, there was enough. The thing about Tennessee that was most surprising about the first few games was there were guys that had made plays in the league. And all of a sudden they, they had disappeared. And you just wondered, like, where are, where are these tailbacks, these receivers, these safeties, these linebackers, these defensive ends that I have seen be successful in this league now pretty much non-existent. And then that changed as well after the first quarter of the season. So I was confused. Um, I didn't really understand it, the hows and whys of it. And then after I got to cover Tennessee a few times later in the year, I think I kind of figured it out. But never once was I, hey, he's not going to work. He's not the right guy. He can't get it done because I just knew he and that staff were too good. Well, I, you know, Cole, having been around the SEC now for 20-plus years, it's hard to believe that any fan base or any sect of media would be ready to fire a football coach after two years. That never happens in the SEC, does it? <laughs> no, no. We, 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 we've seen it before two years have been over. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. Of course, you know, I'm being facetious. Let me ask you this, though. As you look at Jeremy, you were around that team a lot. You were around a lot of teams last year, around the league. And you, and I like what you said a minute ago when you do a deeper dive, because I know you do that as you prepare for games. Where do you think Jeremy grew the most? Because I always said coming in, and I had a chance to get to know Jeremy a lot when he was at Alabama on Nick's staff, and I always said the, the area, you know, I had no doubts about Jeremy as a guy that could recruit, a guy that could develop and coach ball, uh, and a guy that would push kids and challenge them to get better. My, my big question about him was how steep his learning curve would be as a head football coach. Where do you think he grew the most in that area last year? Believing himself believing his intuition and, and listening to what his inner coach was trying to tell him. I think there were some things that he tried to do last year that he thought were for the betterment of the team, or that he thought the team was going to need either then or at some point. And then I think he came to the realization a little bit later in the year, I, I need to do I need to do what I think is right. I need to do what I think is going to make this team better, and I need to trust myself. And once he started doing that, I think things began to fall into place. So I think he – maybe even took less of the CEO role that we see some of these coaches take and then just went back to, to being Jeremy Pruitt. And I think there's a lot of value in that because of what you just mentioned. He's been around. He's been around great players, great teams, great coaches. He knows what it takes, and he knew. But I think he was just trying – I think he was being a little too cautious and maybe being a little protective and a little bit safe early on last year. And finally he just pulled the ribcord and said, not anymore, I'm not going to do it. And we're going to do it this way if it doesn't work. They, might, they want to run me out of here anyway, so might as well run me out of here doing it the way that I feel is best. Well, when you look at, you know, for Jeremy and them to take the next step, and I, I maintain that the schedule this year, I know they play Oklahoma, but let's face it, I mean, win or loss, that game doesn't help Tennessee get to Atlanta, which is where this fan base ultimately wants to go. To take that step to where they're at least competing with the Florida, Georgia, Alabama crop of teams, I think the schedule sets up better with Georgia now moving to November and no longer having that murderer's row of Florida, Georgia, Team X from the West, and then Alabama in a four-week stretch. What, what, would you agree that the schedule this year maybe is a big help for Tennessee in their attempt to you know, be, be a competitor? I think it's possible, yeah. I mean, I don't, there's a lot about Oklahoma we don't know, but I'm, I'm really anxious to see – 
Jeremy, and I don't even care who the bodies are really, but how he defends that offense. Because I, I may have more confidence with him than, than anybody else in college football to be able to give that offense real problems for four quarters. Um, so I, I, I will be interested to see that. And I, I think that, that four or five week schedule that you were talking about last year, that, that was one of the most difficult month, little over a month runs in the in college football that I've ever seen, ever in my entire life. And, you know, that they, they were able to sort of get through it and not be as banged up as even I thought they would be. But I do think this year's schedule is, is a little more it's a little more feasible to think about them potentially extending and exceeding expectations this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, Cole, I, this is Chris again. I, I think you could look at a couple teams in the league last year. Their stretches were just brutal. You mentioned the one Tennessee had. Auburn's schedule period was brutal. Texas A&M, South Carolina. God, A&M, so, A&M close to the season was, was Yeah, it, and I was going to say, the way they had to close the season, that's, you know, I don't care who you take. You go across the country. You take Ohio State. You take Oklahoma. You take uh, you know any team, and you put them in that stretch, and you're not going to navigate through those stretches unscathed. Well, listen, my friend, we know you got to get on – a plane and go do some of uh, some real work, but we appreciate you spending some time with us and breaking down a little SEC, a little Tennessee as spring football is here, and we look forward to catching up with you down the road, Cole. Be sure to give that message to Tom now, okay? I'm gonna let you guys handle that. Uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy hearing it. <laughs> hey man, we really appreciate it. Good, good stuff, and we'll catch up Thanks, soon, guys. Cole. Safe travels. I appreciate it. All right, that's SEC Network and ESPN analyst Cole Kubler.